you are divine. So yesterday we talked all about what is your current story? And I asked you to notice that story throughout your day and take notes on the things that you tell yourself. And if you missed yesterday's podcast, be sure to go back and listen to it before we dive into today's episode. I feel like you'll still get value from this episode no matter what you decide to do, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to that original one, which is episode 132, uh, literally the episode that went out yesterday. And today we're going to kind of continue from that. So I asked you to notice your story, notice the things that you say about yourself to yourself and really keep a record. And this isn't a practice that I wanted you to create out of shame. Like this is not what we're doing with this tool. This is just a tool. It's not something to look at and think to yourself, this is how I'm failing myself. Like, no, we don't have room in this for shame. Shame is not ever invited to our table. Okay. But I mean, I do feel like shame is invited to the table if we want to assist shame in being released, but that's about the only reason. Now, when it comes to knowing your current story, we're going to kind of build on that today. So the next step in this is once again, we're going to keep another notepad so you can write these things down if you want to right now, as I'm talking to you, or, uh, just keep a mental recollection if that's easier. But I want you to ask yourself today, what, what are you deeply afraid of? And not like spiders or like, I mean, you could include that if you really want to, there might be something to explore there. But what I mean by that is what are you deeply afraid of in terms of the life that you're currently living? So the best way that I find to do this is to imagine yourself on your deathbed at like, you know, 110 or 220 in my case, (laughs) imagine yourself on your deathbed. And you're having a conversation with yourself as you are right now with that version of yourself. And this older, wiser, much longer lived version of yourself is telling you about your life and maybe regrets that they might have if you continue living your life the way you do right now. That to me is one of the best ways to understand what you're actually afraid of in this lifetime, because things will come out of this conversation that you're having with yourself. And I find this best also if you like write it in letter form, like it just, it's easier for your own records to have as well. And if you purchased my course, you have a whole space in the PDF that I gave to you where you can write this stuff out and keep it for yourself. But um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, course, of course, will be linked down below for you. But having this conversation, it's going to lead you to understanding more what you're actually afraid of. So are you afraid that you won't live up to your fullest potential? Are you afraid of not going on certain trips or letting anxiety control a lot of your day-to-day choices or not touching the lives of more people or, um, Maybe you're really afraid that you're never going to find love or you're never going to find true happiness or true fulfillment, or, uh, maybe you're afraid that you're going to work at a job that you absolutely hate that sucks the life out of you literally until the day that you die. You know, what are you actually afraid of? 
What do you fear the most? And what do you think if talking to that version of yourself that has already lived your full life, if you continued the way you were going right now with the stories that you tell yourself about yourself, now that we have that information, what do you think that version of yourself would say to you? And again, this is not a tool to be used in shame. Your older, wiser, passing away self is not supposed to be shaming you and tell it and like berating you. That is not the idea that we're going with here. This version of yourself has a lot of compassion for you because they have seen so much of your life advance from the point that you're currently at. So, and that's just like one way to look at it. If you already know what you're afraid of, you don't have to go with that visual or that story, but I just find if you're having a hard time, it can make it easier for you. So for myself, when I did this exercise, because I believe in doing the work too, I didn't just create this whole thing for you and then not have receipts for myself. I put myself through my own program. And when I sat and did this with myself, I always tell y'all that I need to call this podcast crying on the internet because I always get in my fucking feelings. Uh, Cancer Venus, like who over here? But when I did this exercise with myself, I found that I was deeply afraid that I would just never enjoy my life. That... And not to say that I don't have pockets where I enjoy my life and I feel so much bliss, but I'm talking like a few, several months back, I was doing this exercise as I was creating uh, parts of this. I didn't know how it was all going to come together, but I did this exercise in particular several months ago. And that was my number one is I realized that I always thought in my present day that I was going to have time later. You know, right now I needed to do my 10,000 hours of grinding away and hustling and having all of these things that I'm working on, which I still do those things, but it was like, I was always working really hard so that I could rest, but then I would never create rest. I would, when I tried to rest, I would be really stressed out about all the work I wasn't doing. I was overproductive. And that's what I came to find was that I was deeply afraid that I would never actually get to rest because even in my moments of rest, I wasn't really resting. I was worried about the next thing, worried about the next project, wanting to create more and mostly out of financial scarcity. And the interesting thing is for me, learning this about myself, which was profound in the moment was I look at the home that I came from and I feel like all roads lead back y'all when you have childhood trauma, which I believe that all of us do to some extent, some of it might be big T trauma. Some of it might be little T trauma. There is a difference, but all roads lead back to the origin point. And when I looked back at my parents and how they handled finances growing up, it was always a problem, right? I've talked to you about this a lot on my podcast that money between my parents, even to this day, my entire life. And even to this very day, to the present time, anytime I am in a room with the two of them, they're arguing about money. And so what I witnessed is that money was never safe. There was never enough of it, no matter how much you made. And I got to see my dad be hyper productive. He still is very hyper productive and doesn't know how to rest. And on the other end of the spectrum, I got to witness a lot of, um, I don't want to say too much here because I just, I have a different relationship with my mother now. And 
I just, there are certain things that I feel like I would used to say, but I don't feel as comfortable saying them anymore because it's just different. But I got to witness on the other end of the spectrum, like basically just like a complete lack of chasing dreams, a complete lack and a complete dismotivation or a demotivation. So on one hand, I saw such productivity that there was no rest. And on the other hand, there was no productivity. And it was just like this kind of, to me, what would be like a dead end job that never really like you. And I'm not trying to hate on a nine to five. I think if you're happy in a nine to five, that like, that's totally good and right for you. And I don't think that we need to be demonizing entrepreneurs or nine to fives, but I kind of just had this split and my parents were very secretive about their money. And my, like I witnessed my mom hide a lot of money. My dad never really want to open up about finances. And I got to really witness how much a marriage between two people can be completely ruined, completely ruined and like split apart an entire family because of money. And that being my origin story, the fact that I would sit here and be hyper productive and always trying to like chase the dollar, but like, it just, it made me so sad when I was like, Chloe, you have a really good life. Like, it's hard for me to talk about these things. And I knew that this five day podcast was going to be like this. I knew we were going to get into things that are really vulnerable for me, but I want you to understand that this work does work. And I think in order for me to give it to you real and authentic, I have to show up very vulnerable for this. So anybody that is like choosing to listen to these, I hope you understand how vulnerable this is for me. And I hope that you'll be this vulnerable with yourself because you deserve to heal from the things that hold you back. So witnessing all of this for me, it, it made me realize that I was really scared. I was scared on one hand, if I wasn't constantly trying to make money, that I would become very demotivated. I would get into this slump of just wanting to rest all the time. But on the other hand, I was afraid that if I got too productive, I would never know how to rest. And I tend to fall on that line more. Me and my dad, just funny, because that's very his personality. Me and my dad have a very similar birth chart too. He's a Taurus sun and he's also a Sagittarius rising. And so am I. And we are the only two like that in our entire massive family that I have found so far. Um, and we have very like similar ways of doing things, which is funny. Um, but... I tend to fall on that line of hyper productivity. And I would say the only difference, well, there's a lot of differences. Number one, like I identify as female, my dad identifies as male. Like it's, there are a ton of differences when it comes to like who we are as people. We like play our lives out completely differently. But I feel like when it comes to like finances and business, the biggest difference for me that I see between my me and my dad is my dad is very like, will chase a dollar. But to me, it's very important that the work that I do, even if I'm being paid well for it, it has to be leaving a positive impact. That is like my like spirituality and like spiritual nature and the way that I like to love on people. I could never do soulless work just for money. It would never, I would never be able to do that. It would compromise my integrity. It would compromise my authenticity it would compromise my soul. Like I could never do that. If I'm, 
if there's any kind of work that I'm putting out there, you better believe that I know that it's going to serve somebody somehow, or I won't be able to do it. I have to be able to serve a greater good. And I'm not trying to put my dad down, but that's just not how he operates. He is okay. Just like working to make money. However, that happens for him. So in any case, going over all this, learning about this, about myself, learning about what I'm afraid of, I really got clear that in my day-to-day -day life, I live actually like a really good life. Like I do. I, I have a partner that absolutely adores me. I have family on both sides that adore me. I have friends that adore me that I have great relationships with. Um, I make enough money to support myself. It might not be as much as I wish I had, but I think that's typical of like any tourist. We just like love luxury and we would like to just be smog sitting on capital. Okay. <laughs> I don't know a single tourist that isn't like more luxury, please. Um, you know, I make decent enough money doing something that I love that actually serves the collective. I have a beautiful house. I have live in a beautiful location. I have a beautiful community, really kind neighbors. Like if I really sat and thought about it, of course, there are so many things I would love to add to my life. Who doesn't? But I have a really good life. I feel safe. I have tools available to me when I don't feel safe to help myself feel safe. I like... I live a very good life and I feel like I had this like wounding of it was never enough. It was never enough. I needed more money, more things, more, more. I needed more and coming to terms with this fear, seeing it like, you know, dead in the eyes, basically, I had to really look at myself and it was scary. Like this exercise is scary. This is not something that like, you're just going to sit and be like, ah, I'm afraid of this thing and this thing. It's like the shit that hurts. And this for me, it wasn't like, I think when people talk about money, number one, it's such a taboo subject like sex that like nobody wants to comfortably talk about. You think about that. People shame people for having money, but they also shame people when they don't have money. And it's such a taboo topic that even opening up like this, I'm scared. Like it makes me scared to openly discuss how I feel about finances because I know that there's somebody listening to this that's like, you have everything to shut the hell up. And trust me when I tell you, I talk to myself like that. Like my inner voice that I am working with that like says things like that to myself, I have to work with that because we all have that inner critic. Like I've already said every bad thing I could say to myself before anybody has ever said it to me. And that's why when people say negative things to you or to me about you and you believe it, it's because you already had an internal belief about it. You already had an internal dialogue about it that it's like that thing will hurt more because you already think that way of yourself. Just anyways, we're getting off topic. My, my point to bringing up what you fear is once you know the fear, you can actually start to work with that fear. You can start to work with the fear and untangling why you're so scared of it and seeing if it actually has any merit. So this leads me into the second thing that goes hand in hand with this exercise is now you need to look at your actions your actions that support this fear. So in my case, learning that I was really scared of demotivation, but also hyper productivity at the same time, kind of putting me in this chaos in the middle. 
especially in regards to money and earnings and, you know, making sure that it's enough. Um, and also like questioning that in myself, what does enough even look like to me? Right. Is there ever going to be enough? And you have to look at the actions in how you basically dig this belief or these fears deeper into yourself. So what I mean by that is what are the things on a daily basis now that you also know the story that you tell yourself, right? From day one, you've looked at what you're actually afraid of. And now you need to look at the actions that continue to support these fears and these beliefs. So for me, something that I would do in the past, I've actually created a, like we've, I've created a new way of handling this and I'll talk to you about it. But for me, I used to not look at my bank account. And like on a big payday, which like when you're a content creator, paydays are kind of all over the place because you might get like a brand deal payout here and then like a Patreon payout here or YouTube always pays out on the same day every month. But like pay payday is kind of all over the place as a content creator. And if I knew like a big payday was coming, I feel like I would treat myself first instead of paying bills first. And this was something that from those like early etched in beliefs, I also carried a lot of beliefs that I wanted too much, that I liked really nice things. And that was wrong. I've talked to you about this on the podcast before, how like I had a really guilty relationship with luxury that I always felt wrong for wanting more. Or like, even if I looked at like the state of the world, how dare I buy something nice for myself when there are people that literally don't even have homes. Like there's so much wrapped in and I was also constantly told as a child, whenever I would express a want for something, I was always mocked and told like, oh, I want, I want. That's just what Chloe always says, you know? So having all of these like harbored beliefs about finances, luxury, money, and also having nobody teach me, nobody teach me how to like have a savings account or how to do anything in regards to finances or taxes. And I think that that is something that a lot of people in today's society struggle with, especially in America. But having all of these things tied up in it, I feel like every time I would get money from like my early adulthood, I would just go and spend. I would like buy myself nice dinner, get myself a nice treat. And I wouldn't pay attention to my bank account because I'd be like, oh, this just feels good. I never get to do these things for myself, even though like I trust me, I do have a better relationship with money now. I'm just giving these as examples, but I would go and spend all this money. And then I would come back to my account at the end of the day and if like, sometimes I wouldn't have enough money for my bills. And I'd be like, Chloe, why did you do that? But this also came from like a period in my adult life where money was really scarce. Anytime I got money, it had to go to bills. So the second I started earning more money, it was like this self-actualizing loop that like, I'd be like, oh, I make more money. I should treat myself. I should do these things. Like, because I was so wounded over the fact that I could never do those things, it created like the opposite. So mind you, I know I'm bringing up a lot of problems at once. Like when you get like messed up financially as a kid, it bleeds into every aspect of your life. Like I have come up with so many problems in my adult life that I have had to work through around finances that are just so chaotic that I'm like, dang, I love my parents to death, but like that, they really fucked me up for this. And like, I now have to fix these things. 
Um, and I don't even want to say fix cause I don't think I'm broken, but like I now have to change my beliefs about these things because the beliefs that I was given are wrong. And anyways, how do you act out of fear? So for example, um, you know, maybe I would have that chaotic habit, right? Where I would go and treat myself, but I would take it too far. And then I wouldn't have enough money to pay my rent. I would start thinking up new YouTube video ideas. Oh no, like I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. So I need to think of really like catchy titles for YouTube. I need to think of really good podcasts and like what is going to get more views on me, more attention on me so that I can make enough money to make my ends meet. Or how can I overextend myself and, um, sell like more private readings or more, more things. And then I end up overstressed out because I have no time to play. I'm only working. And even though I love my job, I love my clients. I love the work that I do. It was just this like self repeating pattern, right? And these were the actions that I would do out of fear, out of fear of not having enough to make ends meet because my parents always kind of drilled that in that there was never enough, even though we always had like a roof over our head and food in the cupboards, it was never on that level of like not being able to survive the way that my parents fought about money was like they were in survival all the time. Like, even if you talk to my dad today, he will tell you, I don't have enough money, even though all of his basic human needs are met. And that is something that I feel like I never really understood that like, you don't have to be in survival. You don't, you don't have to like, if you're getting all of your needs met, it doesn't mean that you don't have enough. It means that you might like more. And I'm trying not to drag my parents too much into this because it's really more about how I internalized that and how it plays out for me. But I feel like I can't really talk about it without talking about them uh, because they gave it to me. So, which is fine. It's now that I'm aware, it's my job to change that for myself, not to change them, but to change myself. So how do you act out of fear? I just told you so many reasons on how financially I would act out of fear. And the ideas wouldn't come from intuition and it would just be this like scarcity mindset, right? So what can we do instead? And this is where you're going to work on coming up with a new action plan. What can you do instead? So maybe there's something in your life that keeps coming up for you and it could be multiple things, but I would say to like, start with one, maybe two, you don't want to try to change your life overnight because that's how we create burnout and we don't identify with the self anymore. And it's, it's like too much, too fast. We want to move really slowly through this work. This work is very serious and also work that can change your life, but only if you go at a pace that is comfortable, it might be a little uncomfortable, but you don't want to like pedal to the floor uncomfortable. It's like a moderate amount of uncomfortability. You don't want to go so beyond your comfort zone that you just want to give up and close off. So be careful with that. But let's say that we take one area of your life and this is the area from the story you tell about yourself, the fears that you have and the actions on how you play it out in your life. When you get scared, you need to ask yourself, what could you do instead? When the fear comes up for you, what action can you take that would go on the contrary or be the difference? So like, let's say, I feel like I can talk about this because I used to struggle with this. So it's like very near and dear to my heart. I'm going to put a little trigger warning in the podcast episode right here that, uh, if you are triggered by talk of like diet, eating disorder, things like that, please 
Like I would say exit out the podcast right now because I'm going to talk about that because I have experienced this in my lifetime. Um, I've overcome binge eating disorder and that's what I want to talk about. So I used to have a big fear of, I would always overeat, right? I would eat to cope with my feelings. And this was something that I did for almost 10 years. I would eat to like drown out my feelings. I was always afraid that I was going to mess up. And when I finally overcame binge eating disorder, I really feel like what changed it, there were a lot of things, but probably one of the biggest components was I came up with a plan that anytime I wanted to binge, I would have something to drink instead. I would have some water. I would have some juice. I would call a friend. I would talk to my husband. I would journal. I came up with all this list of different things that I could do instead of binge. And then I reminded myself that if I had a binge anyways, number one, I would meet myself with loving compassion, which that's like a whole other podcast episode to talk about that. But number two, I would ask myself, how am I going to get back on track when I mess things up? Because here's the thing, you're human and that's all right. You're going to mess up. It's okay. It is normal. In fact, that when you're trying to change something in your life, you will mess up. You will do the thing that you're really trying not to do. It is normal. They even tell when people go through like AA or Alcoholics Anonymous, they, I want to say that they do tell you this. If they don't, then I'm wrong. And I heard this somewhere else. I've never been through AA. So my apologies, but I heard this from somebody, uh, that has been through that, that relapse is part of recovery. Like most people that go into recovery will relapse at some point and relapse is, sorry, my timer's going off cause I have to go check on something, but relapse is part of recovery. And so you have to remind yourself that when that relapse comes, when you do the thing that you told yourself you didn't want to do, when you binge eat, when you, uh, overspend, when you should have paid bills first, when you do these things, what are you going to do to get back on track? Are you going to return to your budget? Are you going to return to writing out your feelings instead of eating them? Are you going to return to talking to somebody else about it? Are you going to return to filling up your water? Because often when we get hunger cues, we're thirsty. We're not always hungry. Um, and also usually when you're actually hungry, that doesn't necessarily cue a binge, at least in my experience, when I was dealing with binge eating disorder, I usually wasn't hungry when I wanted to binge. Uh, it was more of an emotional thing, but how can you soothe those emotions without using that coping mechanism that doesn't work for you anymore? So what will you do to get back on track? And then you want to mentally rehearse this action. So like you get into a meditative state and, or it doesn't even have to be meditative. You could literally just close your eyes for a minute Think about yourself doing that act and then picture yourself pulling yourself back on track because this is literally shit that they teach like world athletes. They'll, they'll teach them to feel what it feels like to win that gold medal, put themselves in the position of having what they desire. So because we already know that most of us, I'm not saying everybody, there are some people that won't. Most of us will do the habit that we're trying to quit. Most of us will like go in and do the thing that we said we were never going to do again. And it's the shame that keeps us in that cycle. But if you can negate the shame, like coming from yourself, 
give yourself love and compassion in the moment and decide how you're going to get back on track and do that. Oh my gosh, you're already leaps and bounds ahead of all the other times that you've tried to change. Because just like they always say, I don't even know where the quote comes from, but it's like when one of your car tires pops, you don't slash the other three tires. You fix the tire and you keep going. This is exactly like that. You correct the behavior. You change what you're going to do. You decide to rely on a healthier coping mechanism or whatever it is that you're dealing with, what you're afraid of, and you move on, right? Even if you're somebody that like, you don't go for your dreams because you're afraid to be seen, you have to start putting yourself in situations where you will be more seen. Even if you go through weeks at a time of hiding away in your home and not wanting to be seen, the fact that you get up and you keep trying again is going to make the difference. And rehearsing it beforehand, getting yourself into the space of taking new actions that will actually support you before the issue even comes up is only going to make that transition easier. So that's what I have for this episode is basically analyzing the fears that come up and asking yourself what actions tie you to those fears. What actions do you take that insinuate that fear that bring it back up for you? And what action can you take in the future when that thing comes up again? How can you kind of negate it and go in a new direction? And how can you start mentally rehearsing that right now? Those are the two things I'd want you to work on. And if you want to keep going along this journey, please check out my digital course. It's $12. It's available on my store. Link is down below. You do not need it to go through these five days of podcasts, though I do think it's an excellent companion. And tomorrow's episode is really the one where I think that it's the one that's going to talk the most about the coursework, but it's something that I've been meaning to share for a really long time. And I maybe have talked about it a little before, but I don't know that I've ever really gone into it. So, um, tomorrow's episode is going to be really interesting. And I think you're really going to come away with it, understanding this work so much more than even with the things that I've already given you. So I will catch you tomorrow for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of my links down below. I love you so much. Please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.